0: will help you love what you do in the future. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics.
1: marketing.com
0: there's two ways in there's two ways in. i'll let you choose one way in is pizza in tokyo the other way let's start with that one okay you got it what's the
2: second one what's the second one the
0: second one is the more uh thinky the more intellectual way in which is like electrification is great but like the wire going into my house isn't big enough basically to get all the electricity into my house that i need
2: let's start with pizza
0: I'm Jacob Goldstein, and this is What's Your Problem, the show where I talk to people who are trying to make technological progress. My guest today is Sam D'Amico. He's the founder and CEO of Impulse Labs, which is a company that makes induction stoves. Sam's problem is this. How do you build a really good electric cooktop that people can install without having to rewire their house? And that, by the way, could eventually help transform the way electric power works in America. It's an ambitious project, ambitious stove. And it goes back to this moment when Sam ordered a pizza. He was working for Facebook at the time, helping to build their Oculus VR headset. And he was at a conference in Tokyo. What neighborhood in Tokyo did you have the pizza? I
2: think it was, I think it was near Akasaka Station. It's like Savoy Pizza.
0: Okay. So tell me about the pizza.
2: I order my pizza and I get it back in like 45 seconds or like a minute or something insane. I probably say a different number to different people, but it was, it was fast enough and absolutely fantastic. Thin crispy, a lot of garlic, um, super, super good, like master of the craft type situation. So I get this and I'm like, I want to do this at home. And I don't want to have to have a giant brick oven in my backyard. And so I was like, it would be really sweet if you could do this with electric, well, like electricity. Um, and, so, this and, around, you,
0: and how are they doing it? What's going on?
2: So this is a classic, like how normal brick oven pizza is made. Okay. I'm just like, I want to replicate that, like a old school brick oven. The amount of infrared power that thing dumps onto a pizza because the fire reflects off of a uh, a curved bowl. Okay. Or, above the of the pizza, onto it. Okay. Um, I'm like, could I just do this with halogen light bulbs and a lot of power? could a pizza oven that makes a pizza of that quality be an electronic device yeah and um i was like i let's figure this out and i realized that the power density of like the amount of infrared and the heating you need to get that onto the pizza you were going to need more than a normal 120 volt plug
0: so so you're saying that if you you figured out how much power you would need to make a pizza oven that could get that hot from electricity. Yeah. And you realize that you couldn't build a device that you could just plug into the wall because it yep. would need too much power. That's the fundamental yep.
2: it, constraint. Yeah. Okay. Bingo, bingo, exactly. I was like, okay, well, how often are you using this thing? And also how often is it, even if you're like cranking out pizzas, like you're going to be like prepping the next pizza. Like there's time in between for say a battery to recharge Uh huh. in between- the various pizza making sessions. Right. So I went and just looked at this and I was like, okay, I sized the battery pack and I'm like, okay, this is getting large. It's not like, it's not, it's not like laptop battery size. It's more like, um, it's getting into like those little stationary, like batteries that you use for camping or something like that. Uh-huh. It was getting into that. It was getting into so that. So a zone. lot.
0: So you realize you're going to need a lot of battery power, yeah. but wait, I just yeah. want to pause before we get into like how big should the battery, be, because the idea of the battery is, I feel like, At a certain level, that's why I want to talk to you, right? Otherwise, you're just making stoves. Like, the battery is is a great, big, powerful idea with lots of ramifications, right? And so the first first thing, the first reason you think of the battery is um, you realize, oh, you can use the regular outlet, just the same outlet that whatever I charge my phone on, you can use for like a super powerful, super hot stove if you add a battery because the battery can just draw power all day when the stove is just sitting there. And then when you go to turn on the stove, it can discharge a ton of energy all at once, more than you could get out of the outlet. Right? Like that is, that's a big insight because we don't think of home appliances that way, right? And it's all, and your appliance is always plugged in.
2: Why would you put a battery in something that is always
0: plugged in? Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, Which is kind of the like weird yeah, right. Jump that you have to make. Yeah.
0: Right. Because and, well, and, right, right. Why not just get it enough power whenever you want it? Bingo, bingo. And then I was
2: like, okay, this is a good idea. Let's um pressure test what would actually cause a VC to want to invest in this. Uh-huh. And I then kind of started fanning out beyond just me being like, I want my pizza really fast and in high quality. And by the way, this pizza in my head is like. Glistening in its pizza way, yes. I'm like this. This is this is like I, I want this pizza. Yes. But you have to think about, hey, is this a platform? Is there a wedge into a broader market? What's the big story here? And so, um, and so, what I realized was like, let's look at other appliances. What the story is, and I, I, I then thought through kind of the implications, and I was like, okay, for the bigger appliances, say the ones that normally plug in with like a a two forty volt plug, like the bigger one, yeah. or like a dryer like a stovetop, an oven, like a wall oven or a range product um, or a hot water heater. And how big is the battery gonna be in those cases? And I kind of did the math and sizing and I was like, oh, it's gonna be like north of two kilowatt hours at least. So I'll give you the scaling factor on this is like, is like you, you could very quickly take like four, three or four major appliances, because if you think of all the big boxes you've got in your house, times a couple kilowatt hours of batteries, you get about the same amount of storage as a Tesla Powerwall.
0: A a Tesla Powerwall being the, like, you can live off the grid. You put solar panels on your roof and a Tesla Powerwall. So you're basically saying you can sort of distribute a, like, live off the grid amount of batteries if you could put a battery on the stove and the fridge and the hot water heater?
2: Yes, uh, yes, exactly. Then I looked at what was happening in the stationary storage battery industry, and it was, like, it was all focusing on these centralized battery systems,
0: like uh, a battery wall.
2: Battery wall type yeah. product. Yeah. They weren't addressing all the wiring in your house. And also, like, appliances basically haven't seen a lot of innovation in, like, 50 years or so. Which is, like, induction stoves are 50 years old, for reference. Yeah. So it's, it's it's like, this is an opportunity to generationally advance the appliance industry. And then also wedge, like, let's call it 10 plus kilowatt hours of batteries into every home in America. That is really interesting, right? Like that is a bigger story than your pizza is awesome.
0: So there's a few balls in the air right now. How do you land on starting with uh, an induction
2: stove? So we thought of doing maybe tabletop devices first because they'd be easier. But What's a, I don't our, know what that means, tabletop. Tabletop device. device would be like, you could imagine the pizza oven being an ambitious oh, one. Uh-huh. But you could think of like, there's other product ideas we've been peddling around. It's like kettle, air fryer you know just like the yeah okay yeah 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 yeah. yeah. you could do some there's a lot of things that have high peak power demands that are interesting
0: we were like we we got an air fryer and it keeps blowing out this the circuit breaker we can't run the air fryer and the the microwave at the same time give me a battery
2: i know i will no no
0: announcements on this podcast for product announcements (laughs) uh uh okay but, but those feel sort of small ball compared to a stovetop, right? Like yeah, an air fryer yeah. is like kind of a luxury weirdo item, whereas everybody has a stove. I mean, is that part of why you land on a stove?
2: There's there's two reasons. One is there has not been... There's actually a lot of meat on the bone where you could say like, if I make your hot water heater like three times more powerful, you can't make the water three times hotter.
0: Most people wouldn't notice the difference if their yeah, water heater so, got... So This is this yeah. is
2: the key insight is gas stoves are and like the knobs and all that stuff the ui ux of the stove is
0: the fuel source and so just to be clear when you say you, you mean the the user interface user experience like when you yeah. turn on a gas stove you can see the gas flame that's what you're going to it's the yes. place yeah. in your house where you actually see like oh i am burning fossil fuel in order to cook spaghetti
2: gas stoves are the one situation where if you want to make a fossil fuel free home or like electrify the home completely yeah, yeah. you would be that is the one mental block and like actual like performance block where people are like, well, I like my gas stove and I can't get rid of it.
0: Nobody's going to be like, I love my gas dryer or I love my gas yeah, water heater. That Cause doesn't who, matter cares? At all. who yeah. cares? Yeah. Yeah. No,
2: that's a, that's a cost thing. That's like a, yeah. that's like a, maybe I, maybe my gas company's expensive. Maybe it's cheap. You'll, yeah, but but people, people
0: don't have an attachment to a gas water heater the way they have an attachment to a gas stove. Yes, exactly. I buy that, but that seems like a reason you wouldn't want to do, and a stove as your first one. That seems to make it harder, not easier.
2: So that's one piece. But then the second piece was the battery lets us beat the pants off of anything else in the market.
0: In terms of performance. Perform, in terms uh-huh, of performance. Uh-huh. It and goes so, back to the amazing pizza oven.
2: Yes, it goes back to the amazing pizza oven thing uh-huh. where it's like. And so thinking through this was where is there like a wedge where like you have to beat fossil fuels by a resolutely huge amount to displace it? So that's why it like hasn't uh-huh. happened. Fully, uh-huh. um, we can do it, and it's also an installed appliance. So the and this is the piece that I'm going to get it next. So the battery can be wired in a way where it can support the grid by charging and discharging into the house, not just like the appliance having a boost from the battery, basically.
0: So the the, the there's sort of two different ideas there. Two reasons you wanted to do the stove, right? So one, the first one you said is. Because it can, you can use the battery to make a better electric stove than exists now. And to make a stove that is better than any gas stove that exists now. Yes. And yes. that that improvement is meaningful to the typical homeowner, yeah. the typical human being, in a way that a better water heater, who cares?
2: Yeah. And like, a water, better water heater may save you money. Like, say, you yeah. go to a heat pump water yeah. heater. Yeah. It's like, oh, my energy bill is two to three and a half times less
1: yeah, versus
2: a resistive one. Yeah. Cool. But in our case, it's like your water literally boils 10 times faster than your gas stove.
0: Um, I want to talk about that. Let's, we'll get back to the wiring thing and the battery and that your battery can then like go back into the grid. Like, I like all that. It's very interesting. It's a big idea there. I want to talk about it, but I want to wait a minute to yep. talk about that. Uh, and I want to just talk about induction stoves yep. for a minute um, in a few ways, right? So one... I mean, just simply just like kind of basic, a basic thing is like there's different kinds of electric stoves, right? There's the kind like I had as a child in the 1980s with the coil that gets orange, right? And then there's the kind that, you know people had as a child in the whatever 2000s where it's a flat piece of glass and the little circle gets red. Right. Yeah. And to be clear, neither of those is an induction stove.
2: They are both terrible as well.
0: They are terrible. Right. So I grew up with that. And now I have gas. And I'm like, I like gas because, you know, the other one, you turn it on and it takes forever to get hot. And then you turn it off and it's still hot, which like, you have if to lift you like the pan to cook, it's really pan up, yeah. bad. Yeah. And if you've got a bunch of things on the stove, there's nowhere to put it. And gas, like you turn it on and you can see it, and you turn it off, and like any pan will work on it. You don't need special pans. You can you see, turn the
2: knob.
3: You turn the you knob, the and flame, it immediately does it. Yeah.
0: You see the flame. Like at at a certain non-rational level, I'm wary of induction stoves. First of all, tell me why I'm wary of induction stoves.
2: Yeah. So I think it's I think it's because the entire history of electric stoves has been disappointing. The first generation of with the coils that is like a it's like a heating element that conducts into the pan basically and the knob controls that it takes like minutes for that to change yeah. its temperature yeah so the next gen is they're like let's just basically put a light bulb underneath some that's glass. the
0: flat piece of glass with the yeah. red circle under it that is also like confusing and kind of slow and bad
2: yes like it's, it's terrible it's bad and then and, and then induction is this technology that um directly heats the pan with magnetic fields. And so this is one where it's like, there's nothing glowing red. There's nothing actually getting hot. Besides right, the stove
0: the itself is not getting hot on an induction yeah. stove. And right. we always
2: get asked this question from people being like, putting a battery in a stove, isn't the stove really hot? And I'm like, the stove is not hot. The pan is hot. You form a large electric current in the base of the pan. Okay, The pan is made of steel, not like copper. So yeah. it's kind of poor in terms of... um uh, electrical conductivity. So it, it doesn't, it, it impedes the flow of electricity.
0: And that generates so, heat. Like and that it doesn't want to let the electricity flow through it. And that resistance yeah. is what creates heat in the pan. In the pan, yes. Uh-huh. What kind of pans work and what kind of pans don't work on an induction stove? So you can make all of them work. Most pans work. Okay. There are
2: two pans that generally do have issues unless they have a laminated iron layer in them. And those are like the copper pans and okay. the aluminum pans. Okay. And a lot of aluminum pans, very commonly, they laminate a like a steel disc on the bottom to make induction stoves work these days.
0: Still to come on the show, Sam walks me through what I would need to do to install a regular non-battery powered induction stove in my house. And that explanation points to a really big problem that has to be solved if we're going to electrify homes around the country. Also, how Sam thinks he can help solve that problem. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically... Your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you get there? There are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. That dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, health and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org/wisefriend. Okay, 10 seconds. How many things can you name that are always growing? the universe, easy one, Um, my kids, so far, uh, to-do lists, uh, this month, my sugar snap peas. I know that's not always. I know I'm out of time, but I'm going to give you one more. Businesses on Shopify. (coughs) Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic your AI-powered all-star. There are key moments in every endeavor. I ask pretty much everybody I interview on this show about their key moments, their breakthroughs, their failures, their turnarounds. And Shopify can be there for you at all of your key moments. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com problem. Go to shopify.com slash problem now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobilecom slash now. There is a kind of second-order problem with switching stove, which is, like, even if I decide, okay, I want an induction stove, regular induction stove, not, not talking about what you're building. I want a stove. Um... I'll get rid of my gas stove. I'll buy an induction stove for whatever reason. My house may not be wired for it, right? Like yeah. I'm already willing to pay for the stove, but I can't just buy the stove and get somebody to bring it in and plug it in often, right? A hundred percent. My house is a hundred years old. I have a gas stove and a gas oven. What would I have to do if I wanted to get uh, an induction stove? So, uh, where in the where in the country where in the country is your house? I'm just, Brooklyn, no, uh, Brooklyn, New York.
2: Excellent. Okay. This is, I can, I can give you an even more micro tailored example. So here's the situation. You're like, I'm doing a kitchen remodel. I'm doing whatever. I'm like, I'm going to, I want to get a new stove. I heard this induction thing is awesome. Let's go do it. And then there's like the, the, then it's basically like you talk to your general contractor and they're like, oh, you need to run a new 240 volt circuit uh-huh. to your kitchen
1: uh-huh.
2: from your panel. If you, if you are lucky and you don't live in Brooklyn, this is typically like 500 bucks. Like it's not a huge deal. So then the next piece is they're then going to go to your panel and they're going to okay. open it up Okay. and they're going to look at the numbers for what your panel is rated for and your electrical panel for folks that that's the, that's the metal box that has all the circuit breakers like, in it. Yeah. Um, so you open that up, there's a label on the inside and it says maximum, let's say 60 amps because I'm picking on if you have a Brooklyn apartment or something like that, that, that would be what it is. Um. It'll say 60 amps. You then look at the spec sheet for the induction stove. Yeah. And it says 60 amps. You would need to use your entire Brooklyn apartment. Uh-huh. Um, electrical supply. A new panel is like three grand or something like that. Okay. Or four grand. So this is like more expensive than a lot of induction stoves. Like you yeah. buy some great products from Samsung like or LG. Those are those are the panel upgrade and the rewiring is going to be more expensive than the entire than stove. The
0: stove. Yeah. And I've I've heard you talk about one more step, right, which uh, which goes beyond the panel. And it's about, like, how much power is coming into the house from the street. Um, what is that piece of it?
2: Let's say you want to get a 200 amp panel. You may only have 125 amp service, which means you're going to have to call up Con Ed. Yeah. And maybe wait 18 months. That's what the lead times are for PG&E in San Francisco for them to go and upgrade your service from the street.
0: And do they charge me for that as well?
2: Yes. And that can be over $10,000.
0: I will say, even having to call Con Ed, even before you got to the $10,000 and waiting a year, I'm basically out, right? If I got to call yeah. Con Ed to get a new stove, like my stove is fine, whatever.
2: You're, you're on the side of big gas and you love it. Yeah. So that's the situation and yeah. scope of this problem.
0: And so that, I mean, so whatever the level is, right? So you sort of stepped through like, There's a fourth level. Oh, I was okay. I was already (laughs) sold.
2: What's the fourth level? If you were the like last person on your street to want to do this. And by the way, all of your neighbors are getting EV chargers installed and also doing these service upgrades. Right. Even if they don't care what their stove uses, they're going to need to get to charge your Tesla. It's the same as a Tesla charger and a induction stove are both like 40 to 60 amps. So like the same. Okay. So like that's the order of magnitude you need to think. You may have to, if you're the last person, you may have to pay to upgrade the transformer. And because we stopped building stuff in America anymore, there is an insane lead time on Transformers now.
0: Yeah, I I mean, at this point, it's like, whatever, you got to get on a rocket ship and go to the moon. Right. Uh, So 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 there is there is an idea here that is really interesting to me. Right. Uh, And to you as well, obviously, like there's this basic idea of like, yes, we're all going to electrify our homes over some time scale, hopefully faster rather than slower. Right. And Great. And people are figuring out, you know, whatever nice, efficient uh, ways to heat water and dry clothes and cook food with electricity. Great. But there's this very basic sort of last mile problem, right? Last 10 feet problem of getting enough electricity just to the stove from whatever the panel from the street. That is. That is a real problem.
2: I think the last ten feet problem is kind of a way to think like versus last mile, but last ten feet is yeah. like a really great way to think about it.
0: And it's kind of fractal, right? It's like first, it's like from the from the panel to the stove is one of them, and then like from the panel to the street is another one, and and uh from the outlet
2: to the induction coil because you could make it more powerful. Yeah, like the it's, last it's the... <laughs> the, the last one <laughs> foot,
0: the last one <inch>, foot problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Um and so the battery, sticking a battery on the electrical appliance becomes essentially a hack uh, uh, that that allows you to sidestep the problem because you don't actually need the electricity all the time. Yes. You don't actually need a bigger wire. You just need to be able to store the amount of electricity that's coming into the house now.
2: Yeah, exactly. And we've done um, we we cook a lot in the office with our prototypes um, and units we've gotten back from manufacturers as well. And like what we found is a normal 120 volt outlet on a stove is more than enough to keep the battery charged while you're cooking,
1: which is Uh counterintuitive
2: because it turns out that like when you're using any of these high power draw appliances, even when they're quote unquote working, like the peak and the average are so widely disparate
0: uh-huh. that
2: there is a huge opportunity here. And like the big thing is like all of these new things we're doing to our homes for electrification, induction stoves, um, heat pump, water heaters, dryers, etc., all of them are like high peak load. So if you basically put what's called like a peaker power plant inside the device when you deploy it, You've addressed that problem as you scale.
0: So, you're saying like this the standard way of solving this problem of like, uh, whatever bigger panel, bigger wire coming to your house, maybe a whatever a new transformer on your block that is all designed to handle these just rare moments when you have like all the burners going full blast for a minute. And it's like, no, we don't actually have to rebuild the world around that, we can just store up power. Because we're never, almost never doing that. And if you just stick a battery on it and store up the power, that solves it.
2: Yep, that makes, that's exactly it.
0: There's another thing you can do, right? Which is use that power that's in the battery, not just for the stove, but send it where? Send it to my house, send it back to the grid. Like what is, what is the other move once you have a battery on the stove? You're not cooking the
2: complete battery capacity like we're able to give you like three or four meals worth of battery storage. Uh-huh. You, you're, you're able to use the excess energy to offset, say, your heating, maybe uh-huh. during peak hours. So like typically in New York and in San Francisco and L.A., many places, there's widely different electricity rates depending on if it's like noon right. and there's like excess solar on the grid
0: yeah. or at
2: 6 p.m. and everyone just got home and is turning on their induction stoves. Right. And this
0: is a huge problem in energy, right? In fact, the utilities build gas-fired power plants that exist only for the moments when everybody suddenly turns everything on and there's a huge amount of peak demand, right? There are these peaker power plants that are inefficient and expensive. And if we could figure out how to smooth demand from the utility, like, that would be great, right? It's cheaper for consumers, but it's also way more efficient. And you're saying these Batteries on whatever a bunch of stoves can actually like power your house at the moment when you really don't want to be pulling power from the grid. We also
2: we have internet access; we're connected to the internet, um, um, and like th- these are kind of the things that, like Nest does for kind of the like uh, are you home? How to manage kind of like the heating in your house for like home energy optimization yeah. and saving you money. We essentially can use some of the similar signals to then say, hey, you're done cooking for the day. We can drain a chunk of the rest of the battery. Now we're going to give people options, so this is not like done behind your back or whatever. Sure. But the but the idea is like you then can drain the rest of the battery to say that with that energy being used for your HVAC or for so so hot I can use the for...
0: energy in the battery on my stove to power the rest of my house.
2: Yeah, your gaming PC, whatever you want. Yes. Huh
0: and And that works now, is that the dream, or like when you start selling stoves later this year, will that work
2: are are we're hardware able to do this? There's regulatory compliance steps to go through on that um and we're the goal here is to have this enabled on all of our hardware
0: so let's let's talk about the hardware i I love the dream. I feel like we gave the dream it's due uh let's um talk about the reality um yep. I know you started accepting pre-orders. Yep. When, when are like people going to be able to get their stoves for real? Like not as a special trial, not as like a special thing. Q4. Okay. Well, uh, how confident are you in that version? Very. Um, Great. What do you have to figure out between now and then?
2: I will speak generically because okay. I want to. I, I some of the stuff is more confidential in terms of where we are in the process and how this stuff works. Yeah. But um. But the uh, the general way you approach hardware is first you kind of are like, does this idea work? Like, and so we went and like built prototype stoves that had a battery in them, tested out the whole system. You basically want to use that to figure out how to scope out what you actually want to design. Now that you know kind of the details of it, you start with that you then need to land the manufacturing partners that actually scale up and you need to actually go start doing a sequence of builds with those manufacturing partners um, with kind of like three or four month cadence where you're increasing the fidelity of the product um, and increasing the fidelity of the manufacturing process. I mean, there's the Elon quote that I think is reasonable here, which is like the factory is the product. Um, Uh But effectively, it's like, you need to build the machine that builds the machine. yeah, And not just figuring out the spec sheet of the thing that you post on the website but like you have to make sure that you have confidence not just in the like hey this thing's going to be the best of ever but like we will also be able to deliver this to you
0: at and scale reliably, at scale yeah.
2: reliably etc yeah. and so we are at the point where we've figured out all of the details that are kind of like let's call it the major changes to the product so it's like the units we're building are representative of the final thing then you uh-huh. are running through a suite of tests some of which are like in the lab, being like, "Hey, does this thing scratch if I like use the wrong cleaning agent or something?" Yeah, like. it's like it's like you're doing a matrix of tests.
0: You're, you're trying to break it. In you're trying to break ways. it. Yeah. You're trying to
2: break it. You're also doing software development because it's like you have to uh-huh. develop. This is a product that's like a connected device. It's got a lot of software and firmware. Uh There's a lot of like compliance aspects of that too. So there's code stuff. There's uh, what's called like UL. like Underwriters Underwriters
0: Laboratory, that little thing that's on the tag on every lamp you ever owned, right? Yeah.
2: Like this includes stuff like FCC. Like you have to make sure that you pass FCC. If the you have Federal Radio
0: Communications Commission, because it what because it's like Wi-Fi enabled or something.
2: It's not just that it has Wi-Fi. If it has an induction coil, you have to make sure that it's oh, not like you yeah. know, like it's not going to jam your Wi-Fi by accident. It's all of these sort of there's there's a huge host of details here yeah. that you have to get right, and it's not just checking all the boxes. It's also making sure that the product is safe, right? Like yeah. like it's like safe, safe, and so doing all of that is a process in, unto itself, and so. So you have a lot to do. Fine. Uh, how much is it gonna cost? We are currently selling units on our website for fifty five hundred dollars. Okay. This is normal for high-end induction stoves. So if you look at if you look at some of the top brands in the industry, this is what they sell for similar scope.
0: You price. could get a nice one for half of that, certainly. You right? can get a nice one for and half of that. It's just a stove, to be clear. It's not an
2: oven, right? Yes, exactly. Now that's the headline price. Yeah. Now a big change that the inflation reduction act did has to do with batteries. There's a 30% tax credit for battery products.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And so do you get 30% off the whole
2: uh stove as a result? We're we're working through the specific details, but Uh as it stands now, I believe so. And then additionally, um the IRA takes off eight hundred forty dollars via rebate if you have a gas stove and you want to switch to this.
0: So that that's gonna help you a lot. Um, yeah,
2: so that's the that's the first piece. Yeah, and then the second piece is because you're putting a battery in your home. Once we kind of have the deployment with um, battery storage and all this other stuff, yeah, working, you can save money on your energy bill at the like. in depending on where you live and what your rate right. disparities are, yeah, and what other program there's other programs for virtual power plants and all this other stuff. There's potentially a like thousands of dollar. In like savings you can have on energy costs over the lifetime of the product,
0: and will that will that kind of dynamic use of the battery be ready? I know it'll be technically ready to go from the point of view of the stove and the battery when you ship. Will
2: we will it, have we we will, will have a subset of that all ready to go at ship date.
0: And will the sort of like utility regulatory whatever side be? be ready then or is that going to take like forever because it's utility it's not going to take
2: it's not going to take forever there yeah. is a path to making a let's call it the 8020 version of this work Yeah. very fast
0: there's a version where you can do a lot of it uh yeah. soon yeah okay and
2: i think that's actually that's something that we're keeping a little close to the chest until we're further along i can tell. And tell kind to talk about that yeah
0: so you're going to sh- ship stoves to people on or before december 31st 2024 um what are you going to do next?
2: We, we're evaluating other form factors of like appliances. I, I mean, I'll I'll, say, I'll give you a freebie as we're definitely going to be doing an oven. And I want to have a pizza mode for that, but like you get the idea there.
0: Right, because I mean, so what you're selling now is just a cooktop, right? So the oven would actually be the obvious next one so that you could sell the the range, right? The stovetop and oven. Like what's the constraint there?
2: You literally need to have a much bigger logistical footprint
0: as a business what is a happy story to you of how the world looks in 5 years
2: yeah so i think i think the happy story is like if you can go get a substantial fraction of appliance installs but like if 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 a company can get like a million homes with this and yeah. with and we're able to connect the batteries in a way where they're able to do kind of the equivalent of vehicle to home type thing you're in a spot where you have enough storage to be kind of a big player on the grid
0: that's the real. The real game for you is not the stove. It's not bringing the power in. It's sending the power back out. That's that's your real end game.
2: It's both. It's both. It's both. Yeah. And so it's like it's like you make the stove that is the best stove that is also the easiest to install stove. Yeah. And then you basically are just deploying more batteries than anyone else on the grid through that hook.
0: There's a universe where you're not just a stove company. You, Impulse Labs, are selling electricity into the grid. And that electricity is coming from the stoves of your customers who are in somehow participating in this. Maybe they're getting some of the revenue, say.
2: Exactly. Or they, they got a discount on the product or there's some incentive structure. We are. Yes, that's I think that's 100 percent correct.
0: We'll be back in a minute with The lightning. Round. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you get there? There are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. That dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend.
3: The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now.
0: And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. The automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat Well, you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Okay, let's do the lightning round. What kind of stove you use at home? Okay, this is going to
2: change in like soon, but it's a Viking four burner um say it's like it's a viking four burners stove gas gas gas
0: gas stove it's a great stove that's a fancy stove
2: it takes it takes six and a half minutes to boil a liter of water on the same pan it takes 40 seconds for our stove to do
0: what what's like a go-to weeknight dinner to cook for you
2: um i've had less time to do that more recently but i do like doing stir fry
0: stuff is it right that you worked on on google glass yes so Google Glass was a long time ago. Was it 10 years ago, maybe? Uh, yeah. It was basically augmented reality glasses, right? Yep. Um, it didn't work, right? The Google Glass doesn't exist today. I don't mean it didn't work technically. I mean, it didn't catch on. Uh, so I'm curious, what is something you learned from, from the failure of Google Glass?
2: I, I definitely look back fondly to days when Google was like, willing to do like extremely ambitious, like stick their neck out things. And I hope that with all this uh-huh. AI stuff happening, they're going to do that again. And it seems like it might, it's might be happening, which is kind of cool.
0: Oh, interesting. Like, like weird kind of ahead of their time experiments. Keep, keep Google
2: weird is like my yeah. like protest, protest statement. We all, also, because I was on the camera harbor team, we actually had the opportunity to spec out this one camera module. This is a, a trivia thing. Um, this one camera module. That went into this thing called Project Tango, which is this very future-looking. Remember, you know like AR kit on your phone where you can do like the measure app on your iPhone and stuff? Yeah, this is okay. like the first ver- the first version of like AR on phones was done at Google. Um, we spec'd out a special camera for that. That same camera ended up on the Ingenuity helicopter.
0: Oh, on Mars? On That's Mars. The Mars on helico- That's fun. So you're saying you worked on a hel- you worked on a camera that wound up on a helicopter on Mars? Yes. Oh, fun. Okay. As an as an intern. Great. Anything else you want to talk about?
2: Um, we covered a huge amount of stuff. This is, we did good this work.
0: Is... We did good work here. It's a delight to talk to you. Uh, thank you for your time. Thanks so much. Sam D'Amico is the founder and CEO of Impulse Labs. Today's show was produced by Gabriel Hunter Chang, it was edited by Lydia Jean Cott and engineered by Sarah Bruguere. You can email us at problem at pushkin.fm. I'm Jacob Goldstein, and we'll be back next week with another episode of What's Your Problem?
1: For more information, visit UpswellMarketing.com. That's UpswellMarketing.com. How do
0: you create present and future value? As a leading provider of specialized finance operations and technology advisory services for Fortune 500 companies, emerging growth market leaders, and private equity sponsors, cross-country consulting solves today's most pressing challenges and creates present and future enterprise value. With tailored integrated solutions for accounting, risk, technology enabled transformation, and transaction solutions, Cross Country works as a strategic partner and collaborative part of your team. The future ready business, insight and within reach. Go to crosscountry consulting.com to learn more.
3: The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress.